McEwen in the left wing. McEwen wheels in front and was checked. The puck sat there for a moment. Now York is shot. Score! Ken York's first in the natural. And it's 2-1 Philadelphia. This is episode 75 of the Liberty Yell. Danny Deemer here with Chris Stoplow. As always, how are you, buddy? I- I'm doing good because the tank continues. It continues. The tank continues. I was glad they lost that game last night after I saw Ottawa clutched out against Buffalo. Um, if only Seattle could have held on to that lead, it would have been, we would have ran the table. Are you actually glad they lost? Because like I'm, I'm struggling with myself because like a part of me, a part of me wants them to lose obviously because I want a better draft pick because there's no chance at a playoff spot. But then the other half of me is like I, I can't root for this team to lose as much as I want them to. It hurts. It hurts to see them lose, bro. Even like watching Provorov throw that puck in the middle of the ice last night, it sucked to see. A part of me was happy, yeah, but I mean, like, it's it sucks. It sucks watching this. It hurts, obviously. All these Flyers fans that are watching this that actually give a fuck about this team, it sucks, dude. It really does. The fact that we're in a we're in the middle of a tank is what we are, and it's sad. It's really sad. Yeah, I'll tell you why I wasn't. Uh, normally, I would be upset, but I'll tell you why I really wasn't upset. Because lately, the way the decisions that the team has been making, and I understand that they're in sell mode and they're trying to showcase some people before the deadline, mm-hmm. but it really bothered me sending Frost and York down, and then York gets hurt. Yeah, down in the AHL, I just like little little micromanage overthinking decisions like that. Um, I'm glad they're losing. I'm tired of. I don't want to like Connor Butterman's on waivers now, but I, like before that, I was watching him regularly. How about that, though? Like, they had a shootout competition today at practice. He wins it and then immediately gets gets, gets waived. Immediately. Why now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Why, I really why don't. Why not before? Like, Shizuko's up with the team now, so uh, maybe maybe that was to get... I have no idea. I really don't. I don't see anybody picking him up, to be honest with you, so I think he'll be no. right back in, he'll be right back in Lehigh uh, tomorrow after he clears, so... It's brutal, bro. We are the fifth worst team in the league. Montreal's first, Arizona's second, Seattle. New Jersey is tied with us with 39 points. So we're a New Jersey win away. We have Carolina next, so I don't see us beating them. Uh, so, yeah, it's just it's, it's downhill from here. It's downhill and, from and here. And we started hot. If you think it's, That's the craziest part, the fact no. that we're at this low in the basement. And honestly, what's crazy is the fact that New Jersey is just as low. I yeah. swear to God, every time we play New Jersey, they, they play the game of their lives, except for the last one. Well, you said it best, I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before, but you basically said every time we verse one of these teams, and I'm talking about Seattle, I'm talking about New Jersey. No, it, was, it was Ottawa, Buffalo, and New Jersey. Yeah, and every time we see them, they play their hearts out. But when they're away from Philly and we're hoping for them to actually win, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And we got into why that is. Why why teams wake up against this this Flyers team? Because they're not afraid. They're not afraid. And, and I'm not just talking about they're not afraid of getting hit. They're not afraid of the physicality that, that I was talking about last pod about Tyler Kennedy saying that when he was playing, he was he was wary of coming into Philadelphia and throwing a hit against Drew because he knew Simmons or and he knew somebody was going to come after him. But not only are teams not afraid of that aspect of the game, but Teams aren't afraid of the skill. They're they're not afraid of this team. They they know this team is bad, bottom line. Uh, and they wake up like, I'm gonna snap out of my funk today. And when we said it on text, and it's exactly what I feel like happens. You got these young teams in Arizona, Seattle. I mean, Seattle's not really young. Arizona, Buffalo, and Ottawa, young teams that they see Philadelphia on the schedule. They're like, okay, maybe we can just go out there and play our game, play hockey, not have to think too much. And that's ultimately what we see. We see these teams play really good games against us and make us look bad. But, I mean, that's starting to become a trend now, even though last night actually wasn't that bad of a hockey game. I, I and, and obviously until the very end. But throughout the game, it, I mean, it's been better. As much as it hurts to say this and – it really doesn't mean anything, but last night or the past couple of games have been better than during the, like, the 10-game losing streaks. But, I mean, that's not saying much. You know, I, I'm not giving them a, a round of applause because it was better to watch. It, it, it looked like hockey instead of not looking like You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to – that doesn't mean anything. Like, they still suck. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does suck that, that 
the last two games against Pittsburgh and Washington both ended in ways where you're like, like, dude, like, they should have won There it that. is. Yeah. Like, they should have won that one. That's just terrible. Especially. Up 4-2 against Pittsburgh. You lose an OT. That's terrible. And the, the Washington game was terrible. I mean, they just crumbled. Yeah, Absolutely crumbled at the end of the game. And then Washington got the empty net goal bounce. Like, everything just went right at the end for Washington. Like, they're starting to finally actually look like they belong on NHL ice. But, I mean, like the skill differential, especially with Washington last night and then Pittsburgh, I mean, it's 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 going to eventually take over. Like, you can play the right way for a certain amount of time. But, I mean, at no point in any of those two games did I sit there and, and tell myself, oh, we actually have a chance to win this. Like, Pittsburgh and Washington both came back, and I don't even think I batted an eye at all. It's just, it's what you expect with this team, and and it's yeah. I've actually bet against the Flyers in both these last. Two I don't games. blame you, and it's guys that you're not expecting to to give up the kind of plays that they have, like Provorov, who admittedly he hasn't been good this year. He wasn't very good last year either, and to to see him throw that puck behind him blindly in the middle of the ice. I mean, that's something they teach you in Pee Wee not to do. You don't throw the puck in the middle of the in front of your goalie in your own end. I mean, I remember my dad used to yell at me when I was six years old. The first time I did that, I got pulled off the ice and screamed at. You don't do that. That's like the first thing they teach you not to do. And it, I'm not saying Provorov is like really, really bad, but he's not as good as I thought he was going to be. He, he, he really isn't. And I, I, I've said it on this pod before. He's not a number one where me and you thought he was. He's not. Like I, I, I'll sit here and argue with anybody. He is not a true number one defenseman. He is a good number two, uh, a really good number three, but number one, nah. I, a number one, a true number one defenseman doesn't have to have an elite defenseman next to him to be good. Like you said, you saw Provorov play well with Andrew McDonald next to him. Justin Braun has been really good this year. He's about to get a second or third round pick. Like if Ben Sherratt is about to get a first-round pick. What's Justin Braun going to get? Justin Braun has been really good this year. And to further the point, I mean, there's plenty of examples around the league of defensemen who you would label as good to great players whose partners are definitely not that. Yeah. I mean, there's plenty of cases around the league. You, you can, you can, we, we named like five the other day just through text. Yeah, I mean, you got, you got what, uh, What's his name over there? Shabbat in Ottawa. Shabbat and Ottawa. Warensky and Columbus. You gotta, I mean, like, these aren't guys who just, when they get in a rut, they're uh, unable to pull themselves out of it because they have a bad partner. But that's what we're seeing with Ivan Provorov, and it's concerning. When he gets in a rut, like a downward spiral of momentum, he cannot pull himself out of it. He, he kind of just keeps spiraling. Yeah. I mean, and, and we've said it before on this pod, like, Justin Braun, ultimately, at this stage of his career, yeah, he's not a... He's not a top-two guy. He shouldn't be playing the minutes that he's playing right now. But granted, he's been good this year. The minutes that he's played, he's looked really, really good. I think arguably you could say, as as much as this hurts to say, he's probably been the Flyers' best defenseman other than Risto when he's been healthy. And I mean, We'll talk about Risto in a little bit, but I'm seeing people throw out there, oh, if, if Elvis was in... Pro Rob would be a lot better, and probably, yeah. If 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 Ryan fucking Ellis was playing, he would probably make Ivan Pro Rob look a little bit better. But Justin Braun hasn't been bad. It's not like Ivan Pro Rob is playing next to Brandon Manning or Lucas Spezer or something like that. Justin Braun has been serviceable where he's been playing for the last what three months. As as crazy as to say, I remember when Ellis first went down and writing an article talking about. Braun can do this for a little bit, but I mean, if this stretches anything into like any couple of weeks into months, then then we have problems. And here we are, fifth worst team in the league, tied with New Jersey with thirty nine points. So I mean, it's a tire fire. We are in the middle of a tank, Danny. We are in the middle of a tank. First tank that I think I've ever really been in the middle of that I can ever yeah, remember. This bad, yeah, yeah, easily. Like, I don't think oh six oh seven didn't it was pretty young. Didn't really watch. Yeah, we Too were many games that season. six, seven years old. So, I mean, yeah. But, like, just... it, it, it always goes back to, like, you you see Ellis and Couturier being thrown out. Like, would this team be better with those guys? Obviously. Fucking yeah. obviously. They'd be a much better watch. They'd probably have some identity. But the question is, would it be enough? And yeah. I don't think so. And not with, especially not with the way the players who are healthy and playing are playing. 
That's like my the way problem. Konechny is playing. The way J.I.N. Like, the, don't feed me his assist bullshit, man. He's got eight goals. <laughs> He's got eight goals. Yep. I saw one tweet the other day. It was, like, on his advanced stats. He was like, now let's talk about his real stats. He has eight fucking goals. <laughs> Scott I mean, Lawton has ten. It's true. It's true. You got Konechny at eight. You got Lawton at ten. Farabee, who hasn't fucking played in, like, a month at 11. He's still fourth on the team in goals. Couturier, who hasn't played since the very beginning of the season, is right behind Konechny with two less goals. I mean, I mean, it's bad. It, it's really bad. I mean, you can feed me the the Konechny has what a goal and five assists in his last six games. I mean, that's cool and all, but you need more from this guy. I mean, like I said on this pod last week, the the guys that are on this team, you should be able to compete and win hockey games with, and not get embarrassed by the Detroit Red Wings and. The teams that they've lost to. I mean, you really shouldn't. I mean, we can talk about... I mean, Pittsburgh's been amazing this year. Washington did not look good last night. Washington looked very, very beatable last night. And we didn't beat them. We made them look good towards the end. The the Flyers' true colors came out towards the end of that game. And like I said in the start of the pod, I didn't bat an eye. Not once. I mean, it's, 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 it's expected at this point. And it's sad. It really is. Gary Mayhew... As good as he's been, should not be one of your best players. I mean, he's a feel-good story. I'm so happy he's 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 having this. He's finding the success that he has. It's 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 awesome to watch. I guess in the season that we're having, I mean, you can only get so excited for the guy. He's playing on a shitty team, but he should not be your best player. He should not be one of your most noticeable players out there. This guy didn't have a fucking pro contract last year. And I'm not trying to shit on him, but he should not. Be the guy that fans are talking about after a loss. Well, at least Mayhew looked good. I mean, at least we have Mayhew. I mean, I I see people throwing jokes around saying we should we should build around Mayhew and shit. I mean, I know that's not that's not like what they actually mean. This is a joke, but like I said, he he should not be your best player. I mean, the guy just came back from from going face into the boards and bleeding. I mean, that that looked terrible because I didn't watch that game live because I was working, but I did watch a replay of him going into the boards and then just blood coming out. It was brutal. I mean, he missed the Pittsburgh game because his eye was so swollen shut. Then he comes back and scores two goals against the Washington Capitals. He should not be one of your best players. Like, it's it, it, it's sickening. It, it, it makes my stomach turn. As good as a feel-good story as it is, it makes my stomach turn because it's, it's disgusting, dude. It really is. And, bro, I got to be honest, like, Sanheim is doing shit now that, that that just has me wondering like where was that earlier in the season? I know. Like, obviously, he still has his like little defensive zone mistakes and such, but he's pulling offensive zone moves that like we all knew he could make, and he just wasn't doing in the games that he should have been doing it in. And it's cool to see it now, I, I suppose. But it's like you said with Konechny. It's like I mean. Like we can cherry pick this all we want. Like the last five games. Like what does it what does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't mean anything. And I mean, this is what I said last last week on the pod. He this is what Sandheim does. He shows up for like two three game stretches where he looks like a a top two defender the way he can skate. I mean, the guy can skate. I mean, he's what six three, and he can skate the way he can. I mean, it's really fun watching him go when he can really get his legs going. But. He does this for two, three games. Looks good. I mean, he had a goal and an assist last night. I mean, he had an assist on that second Mayhew goal, which was an awesome, awesome pass. But then he goes away. And I feel like that's the story of this team. You got Konechny, who just disappears for, for games at a time. JVR, which I, I cannot stand. JV, I cannot stand JVR. I would trade him for a 30-piece wing with extra celery, bro. That is priority number one. I'm telling you now, like it's so clear, it's it's evident to me now. That is priority number one. If if you really want to pull off this so-called aggressive retool and you want it to be worthwhile, you gotta get that contract out of here. Yeah, you just have to. I don't see a scenario where we make any notable changes without it. Where I don't see a scenario where I look at the team and I go, yeah, that's the, that's a playoff team for sure with him on the roster. I just don't see it. I'm sorry. No, the, the next time this team's in the playoffs, he should not be on this on this roster. No, not at all. And honestly, what's it going to take for us to call up Arizona and be like, what do we have to do to dump this guy's salary on your hands? Like, what do you want? We already gave you Ghost for free, but now what do you want for this guy? Because... 
like you said, if we're going to make any notable changes in the offseason, which they are and which they they have to do, bottom line, I don't care what you say. I don't care if you think Hayes, Couturier, and Ellis coming back healthy, which we don't even know if they will stay healthy next year, will make the team better. This team needs to make changes, bottom line. And he, like you said, it needs to start with JVR. You need to be calling teams that are close to the cap floor, like Arizona. What do you want to take this guy on? I mean, bottom line. Maybe he'll even play better because there's less pressure over there in Arizona. He'll be playing in ASU in front of 6,000 people, in front of yeah. college kids. Yeah. yeah. Go have fun with that, Sounds dude. good. We'll, he'll just take point shots, redirect them, you know. <laughs> yeah, all right. Hey, I mean, he'll he'll redirect ghost shots if if they don't yeah. end up moving ghost this trade deadline, which, I mean, I kind of threw that out there. Maybe a team, a playoff team, would be looking for a, uh, uh, a yeah. power play Coyotes quarterback. Coyotes would be smart to do that Yeah, with the season he's having. For sure. I mean, he's been – and then you have the people, the Flyers fans, that are like, oh, I wish <laughs> – I wish we still had Shane Goss. Oh, oh man. And I tweeted about this and the NAK thing earlier. Yeah, it was late. Let's get into that real quick because I need to stop seeing these kind of tweets. Uh, yeah, I'm just tired of hearing a bunch of, like, what if back and forth bickering over an AHL player when, like, we are <laughs> in the top three in the fucking lottery. Like contention. I know, dude. Who gives a shit? Our goal differential is minus 50. Who cares if it's Patrick Brown or if it's NAK? It, it's just it's just bodies out there to me. Yeah. It's the same dude when, when the team is the way it is. I mean, like, if we were a contending team, and I maybe I'd be like, all right, well, I would have preferred NAK's speed and whatever for the fourth line. But no, this isn't that. The team sucks. I mean, Gary, like you said, Gary Mayhew was our best fucking player. Yeah. Sadly, it's it's sad. Like, I'm dude. tired of hearing about NAK when he scores a goal on Colorado. Like we could we could score goals on Colorado. I don't know Seriously. about that. <laughs> I don't know about on that. On the power play, like a five on three, you don't you you don't think you're gonna get one? <laughs> that power play you're is get insane. A couple. That power play. I think I saw Bill Matz tweet out the other day. He, he was like, I generally don't know how Colorado's power play isn't 100 percent for the season. I mean, they are. One of the best power plays I have ever seen. They whip the puck around. I I see them move the puck, and I'm like, are the Flyers allowed to do that? Are, is the puck allowed to move that fast? Or are, are, are players allowed to make decisions that fast? And l- last night, on the first Gary Mayhew goal, that power play, that not the first unit, the second unit, and I, I, I believe Frost was on the second unit for like the one time that he was actually put out there on that second unit because the the normal second unit did not have Frost out there. But for, for some reason, he was out there for this time. It, w- it went Frost to Ratcliffe to Limblom to Mayhew. I mean, that was the first time that I think I've seen this power play whip the bitch around like that. And it was beautiful to see. And then I, and then I look back and I forget who commented on one of our on one of our tweets. Somebody was like, that's just another day for Tampa. That's just another day for... The Avalanche. It's just another day for Washington. I mean, and it's true. Like we we see this one play, and we're like, "That's what a power play is supposed to look like." I know. We're posting like. the gift, dude. We're posting the gift. We're getting hype. We're like, yeah. you know, look at the puck." Tampa gets like four of those a game. Four of those. I mean, not even Tampa. I I watched Seattle play the other night, and the way <laughs> they. No, I'm not even kidding. I'm, I'm I'm not even. I watched Seattle play the other night, and the way they move the puck around. I, Danny, I have not seen the Flyers do that. But like that's not- what a power play is, and like no matter what, it's if when you're at a, a man down or you're a man up on a team, by by like nature, you should just look better than the other team. Like I swear, we're the only team that does this shit. Like we're the only team that when we get a power, it's a it's two different universes. We get a power play, and it's like our fans are like, oh no, like we get a five on three, and I'm like, oh no, this is gonna swing the momentum in the other team's favor. Favorite. The Avalanche get a five on three, and it feels like death row for the other team, I know, dude. dude. I know. The other team's fans are probably sitting there shaking because it just takes one quick little snap pass and a one timer, and your team, your team's done. I'm honestly extremely, extremely happy that we are nowhere near Colorado's like standings and conference. I'm so happy we're in the Eastern and not the Western. Because could you imagine seeing Colorado? A lot during the year, like five, six times a year. No. Oh, I mean Vegas. I even Edmonton. I really don't want to see often. Minnesota, Cal- Calgary, Minnesota. Yeah, dude. St. Louis. Like, 
Yeah, I mean, even, even Winnipeg, the Ducks. I mean, come on, the West, the West is is killer. Yeah, the West is fine. East even, is too, but like the the West just the skills crazy. Even the Ducks, as fun as they've been the last like since the beginning of the season, kind of they've they've fallen out of a playoff spot. They're they're certain they're currently looking in. They're currently looking in on the second wild card spot, I believe. Yeah, they're four points behind L.A. I mean, look at L.A. over here. L.A. is. I mean, they've kind of lapped us too. I mean, we joke about all these other teams lapping the Flyers and stuff. I mean, the L.A. is lapped up. L.A. was garbage after they went on that Stanley Cup runs that they did. I mean, they were a bad team for like a, a little bit, and then now we're starting to see them pick it up again. I mean, they got some really, really, really good players over there. I mean, you got Quentin Byfield, who's a stud. I love that kid. I mean, Drew Doughty is still a beast. I mean, he, him and Latang, I... I I believe it's the same person. I mean, they'll never just not be bad, I feel like. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago talking to you about Latang, like, oh, yeah, no, no, he's declining. He's the-. No, he's not declining, dude. He's still really, really good. And obviously it helps playing with Brian Rust and Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and the guys that they play with. But Latang and Drew Doughty are, like, two of my favorite defensemen in this league, seriously. I mean, they are absolute studs. I mean, you got Kale McCarr, who's, like, a younger better version of those guys but I mean I'm really jealous of LA for having a guy like Drew Doughty for as long as they have and he loves being there too so you're certainly right about the Ducks and the just over the last two years both of those franchises were basement tier teams like Mm -hmm. they really were they were lottery pick franchises um and they've lapped us and I mean, you like it. It, look, it seems like everyone has lapped us at this point because we have been at this since 2013, 14. Yep. About nine years now. I mean, how I, how couldn't a team lap us? Yeah, I mean, and you always say it best when we talk off the mic. The fly, the Flyers never committed to like a rebuild. It was always we still have Drew, we still have Voracek, so we're still gonna try and go out and win. But the problem is, you didn't do anything. Like, you went out and grabbed Eric Gustafson. You went out and grabbed... I mean, I'm, dude, they let Yager walk, and then they signed Vinny LeClavier to a five-year, $25.5 million deal after he gets bought out by Tampa. I mean, I was about... How old was I? What year was that? 16? 15, 16? So I was about 14, 15. I, I don't think I took in how bad that, that, that really was and how... How bad that set us back. I mean, we had to retain salary when we traded him away for Jordan Wheel, him and Luke Shen. I mean, the the the, the Buskalov signing. I mean, there are so many signings that you can point at where the Flyers kind of went out and tried to make it happen, quote unquote. But I mean, the guys that he went out and tried to make it happen with were like Vinny LeCavrier, if <laughs> Buskalov. Who else am I missing? I mean, Sam Gagne was on the Dale team for Wee, a little bit. Sam Gagne. Yeah, Hexlaw tried to sign They traded Dale. Hartnell for Umberger. For cap, quote-unquote, cap reasons. But, I mean, I'm not going to cry about that because I don't think Hartnell makes that much of a difference at that stage of his career. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, but Umberger went a calendar year <laughs> yeah, I know. without a goal. I know, yeah. Definitely brutal. But, I mean, it's 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 it sucks. It, it, it sucks to the point that the flyer season's at. It sucks that, I mean, even a guy like you, who I know hates rooting for them to lose. I mean, yeah, rooting for them to lose. It sucks, dude. Because I never thought it would get to this point. I really didn't think that. Especially when we first started this pod, we were like, oh, a new era, Kevin Hayes. And Hayes has been good when he's been healthy. I'm not, I'm not even going to shit on Hayes because this year was a real, real, real tough battle. for. I mean, that guy's about to go under his third surgery in a calendar year. I mean that's that's brutal. And then obviously he lost his brother. So I mean, it's a brutal, brutal season for 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 Kevin Hayes. So I, with, actually, with Drew, mm-hmm. I, and I texted you this the other day because I was thinking about it. Since like 2015, when he was 26, 27 years old or something like that, mm-hmm. how many seven plus million dollar cap hit caliber players were signed or acquired from then to now? 2015 and now and you start thinking about it and you go well Voracek got his deal mm-hmm. they trade it for Kevin Hayes they signed JVR and now Couturier yeah Couturier just, makes seven now right yeah like they never once went out and traded or signed a guy 
No. To pair with Drew, and that—that's just what. I mean, like we're you saying. said, like you said, they went out, and yes, Katuri is going to make seven point seven starting next year. So, but like you said, the only guy they've—they basically went out, like you said, and told Drew go in a cup with Voracek for for ten plus years. Uh, they signed JVR, Hayes. They traded for, but like you said, it's it, it wasn't anybody. Of importance, I mean, not of importance. Let me let me reword that. It wasn't anybody that like got me out of my seat. You know what I mean? Like I remember signing JVR and being like, okay, okay, like it's. I guess it's cool to have him back. I hated that signing. You, you know did. You did. Signing. Yeah, from the from, from the beginning. I remember being like, okay, maybe it can work. He just scored thirty goals with Toronto. Maybe he can come here with Drew on the power play and kind of do the same thing he did in Toronto. But uh, he's just not the same player. I I. I t- I, 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 I hate saying I hate a player, but I, I, I really do strongly dislike JVR. I mean, here's what happened: contract year, his power plays Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Austin Matthews. They go on a playoff run in one of the first playoff runs in the Austin Matthews led Leafs, and he he cashed out. Can't blame him. Can't blame him. But I knew it in the moment. I was yeah. like, he played on a dynamic power play that throws pucks on the net quality chances too for rebounds that that we just don't do we don't do it our power play so he's a power play <laughs> specialist if you will and our power play is so bad that like he, he can't do anything else he's also a goal scorer apparently too uh, that's yeah. what that, that's what i'm told i mean i don't think that he why well, he has five points in his last 13 games or something Scott like Lawton's that about the outscore him dog I mean, Scott Lawton's about to out-tank Konechny and JVR this year. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. As, Scott Lawton's been good. Like I'm not going to shit on Scott Lawton. He's a he's a bottom yeah. six player who makes $30 million, and he's playing an expanded role right now next to JVR and Travis Konechny, which I'm surprised he's doing it. it, it it's weird that Lawton is doing really well, and like we're, we're, we're shouting out his play, but... Konechny and JVR have just been brutal, but they they're on the same line with them. So it is really weird how that works. Well, another <laughs> thing you have to think about is power play. Like JVR and yeah. Konechny get so much power play time. How much power play time does Scott Lawton get? You yeah. know what I mean? I mean he's been on the second the second unit more recently with all the injuries that are happening. But yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're saying. Yeah, just like the opportunities, the minutes, the the contract. It's all there for the other guys who just shouldn't just be getting outperformed. And even if Scott Lawton didn't have more, let's say Scott Lawton had six, seven goals, I'd still be going on here saying he looks better than them. Cause just because the expectation is different of those players, yeah. in my opinion. Like when you win an all when you go to the All-Star game two years ago. And now, now it seems like you, you just you can't score at all. Like he has three goals in three months. Connect me. Mm-hmm. And I hate to just keep like dancing on his grave and shitting on him, but three goals in three months since November eighteenth. It's brutal, dude. Three goals. That's fucking brutal. I mean, that's that's awful. And two of them were in back to back games. Dude, so there's so many goalless stretches. And... J- JVR has twenty points in his last forty nine games. In forty nine games this year. 20 points in 49 games. He is in... I I don't really look at plus minus because it's a a bullshit stat, but minus 21 is pretty bad. Minus 28 is Keith Yandel. I mean, that's that's even worse. But, I mean, we... Everybody who's listening and and who has listened before knows how I feel about Keith Yandel. So, well, both of us feel about Keith Yandel. It's sad, dude. It it really is. I mean, I, I... like you said, I hate sitting up here and shitting on this team. That's the only thing you can do. Now, there's nothing positive that you could take out of this team right now. I mean, Gary Mayhew. I mean, you can, there's only so much you can talk about Gary Mayhew. I mean, what do you want me to say about him? He has five goals in 15 games this year, zero assists. I mean, yeah, he's been a good a good story. I wish the team was fighting for a playoff run while he was doing this. I mean, he wouldn't even be up here if they were actually fighting for a playoff spot. So, it. I, I don't know how to feel about the whole Mayhew thing. I really don't. But I just looked, and Scott, Law, Scott Lawton, out of his 10 goals, two were shorthanded, eight are at even strength. So that's that's good. Yeah, I have no that, problem that, with That's Scott just Lawton. completely outperforming those other players. Because you have to think those guys have power play points. Those guys have 
power play goals. Scott Lawton's getting it done, even strength, shorthanded. Scott Lawton should walk in that room and look around and be like, does anybody besides Drew and Hart want to fucking help me? I mean, even Atkinson has kind of gone quiet the last couple games. What I don't was know where telling he's been. Was, was Hart's quotes about Drew when he was like, uh, yeah. I just wish we could have gave him more as a group. We kind of failed him. Like, that quote was telling because that's what everyone feels. Everyone feels... Uh, they don't want to see Drew go because it didn't have to happen this soon, and they don't want to see Carter Hart's great performances get wasted. And so to see that player, Carter Hart, comment on Drew, it really hit my feels because yeah. those are the two guys that that I, I really have I've liked this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm now afraid they're gonna do to Carter Hart what they did to Claude Drew all these years. I mean, refuse to build an actual team defense around this kid. I mean. There are going to be some decisions to be made with defense. I mean, you got Justin Braun, who's going to be a a trade deadline target for a lot of teams. You got Rissalainen, who could potentially bring back a first round pick. And if that if that's true, I mean, we already know that Chuck Fletcher said last year that multiple teams were willing to give up a first round pick for him when Chuck made that trade. So it wasn't just Chuck that was willing to do that. So if it still holds true, which I I don't see why it would. I mean, why it wouldn't. Hold still hold true right now. I mean, he hasn't had a bad season. Like I said earlier on the pod, he's probably been our best defenseman. Maybe, maybe Braun. Probably. I mean, I'd probably go Risto if if we were really making a decision. But if it still holds true that he can get a first round pick, you you absolutely make that make that deal because I personally think he's going to want too much. I'm not giving. I him, agree. I've been I'm, thinking about it too. I I think, especially with the year we just had, the only way you keep Risto and he doesn't walk to another team is if you just open up the checkbook, him, which yeah. we cannot do for a player like him. We can't. just can't. No, you can't. And I'm. And that's not me saying I don't like Risto. I'm not one of these like stat geeks that will throw weird fucking numbers at you. Like I actually watch the game and I know what he can bring outside of the stat sheet, and he's been good this year. I love the physicality that he brings. I don't think he's as bad as everybody says with breaking out the puck. And he does a lot of the little things. Like he'll hold a guy up on the boards with just pure strength and let Sandheim come over and take the pucks the puck out of the skates and kind of just skate off with it. I think him and York together would be really fun to watch, but I don't think we're ever going to see that I, I don't because I think once York comes back up, Ristolainen is not going to be here anymore. So, I mean, we'll see where that goes. Like we just said, if if they re-sign him, I'm not I'm not signing him for anything more than like six six mil a year, if that. I mean, he makes five four right now, so a little bit of an upgrade, maybe six two. I, I I'm not giving him seven. I'm not giving him eight. Like he's not a seven million dollar player. So I mean it's it's really, really interesting to see what they do with him because I mean they gave up assets to go get him. And whether or not they can get some, if not all, of those assets back from what they gave up, I mean that's that's to be seen. Chuck Fletcher has a lot of work to do. And it's a big trade deadline for him. It's a it's a big fucking trade deadline for Chuck Fletcher. And he, I mean, you're trading away, possibly. This isn't confirmed, but you're trading away one of the best players to ever pick up a stick in the in in, in South Philly. Claude Giroux is one of the best players this franchise has ever seen. And I don't give a fuck who you are, what you have to say about that. Claude Giroux is one of the best players that's ever touched a stick in Philadelphia. And you were going to trade him away soon, possibly. So you can't fuck this up. And I'm not saying I've kind of reeled back on my whole Alex Newhook or nothing kind of thing. Because, I mean, I've kind of I've I've taken the emotion away out of the out of the equation, if you will. And I mean, it really doesn't make sense for them to give up Alex Newhook. I mean, he's a extremely, extremely young, good player who's playing well right now for them actively. So. I think the only way you can get a guy like Alex Newhook is if you if you, if you're doing it like straight up. You can forget about a first round pick if you want Alex Newhook. Now Justin Barron and the first round pick. Now that's something that we can talk about. Is that enough? That's to be talked about as March twenty first comes closer. But yeah, I mean, he, Chuck has a lot of work to do, man. And it's gonna. I, I have um what a little scenario for you. What? I've been thinking about the last couple of days. Not likely, but I've, I've just been diving into it. What, what about sweetening the pot even more alongside Giroux just to get that haul even better? Like what? Like Bobby Brink. 
let's say. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I mean he's I mean Jay O'Brien plays, plays for Denver. You know what I'm saying? Colorado. Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice little connection. I mean, yeah, I mean I'd be open to it. I'm open to anything. There's not there's not a single person besides Carter Hart that I'm not open to listening to trade. I mean we've we've talked about that last last week. Morgan Frost. If yeah. if, if 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 they're now I'm 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 a little I'm not totally against it, but Drew and Frost for like new hook in a first. I mean I. I'm going to think about it. Frost has not been good this year. I don't care what anybody says. If you want to defend him, everybody knows that's listening. I'm a big Frost guy. I, I, I love his skill set. I think he could still be a top six player in this league. I mean, he's playing with Mayhew and Willman right now, I believe. And as good as Mayhew has been, Willman's been non-existent. I, I don't understand how he can be up in the up in the NHL and you're still playing him with on the third line with those kind of players. I mean, that's the one thing that I will give AV credit for. When Frost came up, the the first words out of AV's mouth was, he's a talented, skilled player. I'm going to put him up with talented and skilled players. And that's what we saw. We saw him with Giroux for a little bit. I mean, Yo had him with Giroux for like a game. That one game. What was that game against? Was it against San Jose where Frost fed Giroux and Giroux went like top bar from like the high slot? Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, I mean... He should have never been pulled away from Drew. I'm not saying he's going to light shit up, but I it is a little frustrating to see how they've dealt with Morgan Frost, especially given the season that we're currently going through. Like, I don't know how he's not getting 20, 22 minutes a game right now. I, I don't understand. Maybe, like you said in the beginning of the pod, once this trade deadline clears and, God for, uh, not God forbid, but if Drew gets traded, then maybe that opens up a 22-minute night kind of role for him but we'll see it's been very frustrating how they've dealt with him but I mean there's only so many excuses that you can give him he hasn't really done anything he really hasn't agree so can't really defend him that hard but I can say a little bit about how they've kind of went about it I mean maybe the organization just doesn't like him <laughs> you ever think about that I mean I know Chuck likes him but I don't think Mike Yo likes him very much doesn't seem like I mean, he's not out in power. How is Frost not out in power play, too? And I'm not saying he's going to blow the doors down or, oh, he should. How is he not on power play, too? Come on. Come the fuck on. Dude, a guy with that skill set needs to be out there with one less man. Yeah, like, we're in the lottery. I know. We're in it. Like, Frost doesn't have. No one on the team is good. <laughs> so, the, this expectation that Frost need like, the short leash. Actually, I want to shout out the ET. Bowden mm-hmm. on Twitter who replied to me because I thought he put it perfectly and I know you, I know I think you saw it as well. Yeah, I think I did. It seems to be embedded into the culture as some badge of honor. Prospects need to over earn it, and even then, it's a short leash. Extends even to the media covering the team too. They parroted the organization line that York needed seasoning and defense instead, and then playing guys like Sealer and Yandel. And I thought I thought he hit the nail on the head. The yeah. short leash. Prospects need to over earn it. It's it's that's that's spot on. That's exactly how I feel. I'm not gonna completely snap about the whole York Frost situation until after the trade deadline because I really do believe that they're showcasing guys like Braun. They're showcasing guys to see what they can get. I mean, I I think that's ultimately what they're doing. If we return from the trade deadline and guys like Braun, Ristolainen, Drew aren't on the team anymore and we're still seeing the same thing, then that's when I'll hop on here and be like, what are we doing? Like, it, it, It's time to call up all of these young guys. It's time for Ratcliffe to get top six minutes. I mean, I think he was on the first line with Drew and Mayhew in practice today because Atkinson had a maintenance day. So if that sticks, that'd be really cool. I would love to see Ratcliffe up there with a guy like Drew. I mean, I think that that's awesome. But I need more. I need York playing twenty minutes a night. I need Frost playing twenty minutes a night. Let's see what these kids can do with extended extended looks, more minutes with with better players. It was, I mean, for Christ's sake, Cam York was playing on his offside. With with Keith Yandel before he got sent back to the AHL, and maybe that's why they were they weren't shy they weren't shying away from 
sending him back down. Like he's playing on his offside right now. He's playing down there with Keith Yandel. He's not getting that many minutes. Maybe let's just send him back down. And then he instantly gets hurt. So, I mean, I feel like that's just a fuck you from the hockey gods to, to, to the Flyers management. Like, you guys have no idea what you're doing. This kid should be playing big minutes for the Flyers right now, and he's not. And then he gets hurt the first game back in the AHL. I mean, I mean, obviously you can't predict that kind of shit, but, I mean, he shouldn't have been down there in the first place. I don't care what anybody says. He shouldn't have been down there in the first place. He's looked awesome. Awesome. And I honestly, I think him, along with Ratcliffe, are the kind of players that play better in the NHL because you're playing with better players, and the skill set is a lot higher than in the NHL. I mean, in the AHL. So, it's frustrating. I mean, but, like I said, I'm not going to get too upset until after the trade deadline and this is still happening but that that that's when you will see me hop on here and snap with you about the whole situation but it sucks man this is where we are it sucks that this is where we are it really does let's throw it to the partner real quick yes sir we'll be right back the liberty yell is now the official partner of park sportsbook new users sign up today using code liberty yell and get a risk-free bet up to 500 dollars. and when you deposit 25 it really helps the boys out. That's Liberty L, all one word. So if you think you have a lock on a game tonight, why not have some risk-free insurance? Thank you once again to Park Sportsbook, and back to the action. And we are back. Let's get into Bobby Brink stops. Let's do it. Three-point night right now, as we're currently talking. The game's final, but I mean a goal with two assists. Bump them up to 11 goals, 36 assists. 47 points on the season. He's still number one in the NCAA in points. Love it. That's awesome, dude. Seriously. That's fucking... That's, that's great. It's, it's good to hear something good happening that has to do with the Flyers, even though it's Bobby Brink in Denver. Shout out, Colorado. I hope you're scouting them. I hope you like what you see. Because our, our ears are open. The telephones are on. <laughs> you got my number. You got my number, <laughs> dude. Absolutely. I mean, we, we just got done talking about sweetening the pot with Giroux or a wrist aligning trade to get an Alex Newhook. Like, okay, you don't want to give up Newhook just for Giroux, but what if we give you Bobby Brink, who's number one in college hockey in points right now? How's that sound? I mean, maybe that could sweeten the pot. Maybe. I mean, we'll see. Chuck Fletcher's drafts aren't looking too bad right now. I mean, they're really not. I'm really, I mean, Day or Nay just scored today, too. I mean, he's looking good. I mean, he always looks good. The QMJHL is an offensive heavy league, so, I mean, he's always going to look good there. I'm really interested to see how he comes over next year and plays in the AHL and how he plays there, how long it's going to take him to get that offensive kind of game to him. I mean, his first preseason game with in the NHL, he fought. He fought, what, was it John Moore, I think he fought? Yeah, and he didn't look that bad in that no. game. He was cycling. Like, it was, yeah, obviously, couple, he didn't look like NHL ready or anything like that, but he, he, I liked what I saw. No, definitely. I like. I mean, on on email Andrea, I mean, Alex Appleyard. He's tearing it he's up. tearing dude. it up. Another goal and assist, two-point night tonight in a 6 nothing win. He has five goals, five assists, 10 points. He's a plus eight in his last six games. Eight goals, 20 assists, 28 points, plus 18 on the season in 32 games. So he's got 28 points in 32 games. That's awesome. And he's 19 years old. So that's awesome. Uh, Chuck Fletcher's drafts are looking good right now. And I know. And I know. I can hear the people right now being like, oh, yeah. Prospects. 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 I mean, but, like, yeah, dude. I mean, not not all these guys are going to work out, obviously. But, I mean, Cam York, Bobby Brink, Tyson Forrester, email yeah, like, Let's be real. Tyson Forrester is a guy. Like, he, he's, he when he's healthy, that like, that's a guy though. you look at. His health worries me, though. I'm not oh, gonna absolutely. sit here I mean, and lie. You can look at you can look at a lot of our prospects and be like, I mean, is is that just an organizational thing as a whole, or what, I don't know because like, I don't. It, it seems top to bottom. Like if guys get hurt, they're just absolutely in the gulag forever. The last it's crazy. The last time I made any kind of comment on the Flyers medical staff, I had a guy coming at me on Twitter, like screaming at me because I do. We we I don't give a fuck, bro. We're just we're asking the question. I'm not saying like. You, you know, like, my cousin's a doctor. Like, I'm not saying that. I don't, I'm admitting I don't know shit. No. But even me, someone who doesn't know shit, is skeptic. All I said was, hey, maybe it's the right idea to maybe shut down Kevin Hayes, considering he's on the brink of his third surgery in less than 12 months, and this guy came at my neck. 
bed. And I was like, all right, dude, calm down. And then, and then in the same breath, this guy goes, you don't know what's best for Kevin Hayes, so don't talk about it. And then turns around and goes, the best thing for Kevin Hayes is for him to play this year and get ready for next season. That's the best way he's going to be ready for next season. Not yeah, but what if he gets hurt his... again? Yeah. But what if he gets hurt again? What if he's not ready? That's what we're saying. But basically, because yeah. we have three examples this season that show us he came back not ready. Not just that... him, too, dude. I mean, Broussard happened. Everyone. Th- Broussard. Like, the, the, the Broussard... Situation is one of the strangest situations I have ever seen. I'm even Mike Yo. He said in one of his pressers, "I'm not going to question the medical staff, but I have no answers. Like I have no idea what's going on." I mean, that's basically his way of saying, "I have like I will fuck this medical staff." I mean, obviously he can't say that. Obviously we can't. We're not doctors. We don't know what's really going on behind the scenes. But when multiple players, multiple players, Couturier, Ellis, Broussard, Hayes. Allison, come back from injuries and immediately get hurt. You gotta, you gotta throw up some questions, man. I mean, we're, I'm not sitting here asking what fucking college they got their degree from. All I'm saying is, hey, maybe sitting Kevin Hayes and letting him rehab and and not play professional hockey would be the best thing for him. That's all I'm saying. It's... I think it. I think it is a problem when, from the beginning of the season through Christmas. It ninety percent of the fan base can tell you surface level something's not right with Couturier. He's hurt, and then three months into the season for him to just be randomly shut down, and all of our assumptions were true, and that he was playing hurt that entire time and he was hindered. It's ridiculous. How do you not have questions about that? What the fuck happened? Yeah, we all knew he was hurt. I could see it on my damn TV. He, he's not skating right. He's hurt. <laughs> I I have been watching Sean Couturier play hockey since he was. 18 years old. I, I think I would understand. Uh, I think I would know if Sean Couturier wasn't 100%. And I'm not saying I'm a doctor. I'm not saying I'm a professional fucking hockey coach. But it doesn't take a brain surgeon to look on their TV and be like, okay, Sean Couturier is not 100%. There is something wrong with Sean Couturier. And then for it to turn out to be a back injury, that's terrifying. That scares me, man. And it shouldn't be his... Because, like, here's the thing. This is probably what happened. Couturier was probably like, nah, I want to play. And the doctors are probably like, all right. Or so, so they wanted to have him out there, and he wanted to be out there. But your job is... if a, Even if a player wants to be out there, if he has a fucking back injury, it's your job to tell him to not play. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we have no idea what goes on behind closed doors, but... I mean, you... You always get the excuse. I mean, there's a lot of people on Twitter and Facebook who are like, hockey players want to play. Hockey players want to play. And I understand that. I played hockey up until I was fucking... I mean, I still play, but I mean, obviously not professionally. But I mean, like, yeah, of course hockey players want to play and be out there with their boys. But you got to draw the line in the sand. I mean, like, okay, we understand that you want to go play hockey, but you can't. Like, you the season can't. is lost. Like, if it's Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals... Cool. I mean, I've seen Couturier play in the playoffs on in, on an injury and get a five point night. I've seen him do it, but yep. th- this isn't that. The team was dead in the water after like November, midway through November. They suck, dude. They're firing their coach in November, man. Beginning of December, they're firing their fucking coach. It, it, it's it's a joke. But like another thing is we we, we talk about this often. And I kind of want to bring this up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Shaw, it's kind of gone under the radar about Shaw. Like I feel like Sean Couturier is getting so much hate. This year, people will just kind of forget how good he is just because he didn't look that good in the beginning of the season because he was hurt. They, they don't remember how dominant of a player he is. And listen, I know the injury concerns. I, I know it, the contract. The he's eight, 30. Yeah. The, yeah, he's 30, this, all this, that. But we have to be real with ourselves. If Giroux goes, Sean Couturier is the captain of the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, that's my pick, man. I mean, Lawton should be given an A. I love what Lawton's done this season. But like you said, I, it's weird. Like people have quickly forgotten just because this man got injured this season that how good Sean Couturier is, how much of a leader that man is. He's my pick for uh, captain, a hundred percent. I mean, I, I think he'd be a lot of people's picks. I mean, I, I don't understand the like the weird aggression that comes out of people when Sean Couturier is mentioned for captain. Like I saw this one comment, like, "Oh, is Sean Couturier the next captain?" With like I I rolled emojis. I'm like. Yeah, like he's one of the options to be captain of this Sean team. Sean Couturier is an absolute demon. Yeah, 
He is. He's a good hockey player. And obviously, like you just said, the age, the injury concerns are obviously there. He's not making... Honestly, he's not making the money that he ultimately deserved. Like, I, he, he took a pay cut. I mean, we talked about that. He, he He's a very good player when he's healthy. Yeah, he's my pick for captain. I mean, yeah. I, I, it's not Scott Lawton. I'm sorry. I, I no, love what it, Scott Lawton's yeah. done. I and love. it's not because we hate Scott Lawton. No. Or it's not because we don't even think he's a leader. I think he's been a leader for years and will continue to be whether he gets a letter or not and he should get an A. But Sean Couturier... Been here since 18, mm-hmm. five points, torn to MCL, playoff hatcher against the Penguins at 18. He's been alongside Giroux, the guy who's going to leave. It's kind of like the torch passing to him. It's now his team. And when we saw uh, Couturier get that deal and we know Giroux was expiring, like it, it became clear. It's Couturier's team. I agree, and man. I it's, it's only fitting. I kind of wish we disagree so we could have like a kind of a back and forth here, but... No, I agree completely. I, if if I had to choose, Sean Gutierrez would be my next captain of the Philadelphia Flyers, 100%. It's not even a question in my eyes. But And that's not saying we're not appreciating what Scott Lawton does on the ice and what he brings. He, he's a good bottom six player. He's playing up in a lineup right now for obvious reasons. He could still do what he does with an A. Like These people are acting like not giving him the center, I mean, not giving him the C is going to like affect the way he plays. He can yeah. still bring what he does and bring the level of intensity. Just the way he plays the game. He can still bring that with an yeah, A. He's on a leader his fucking, now. Yeah. Even if he didn't have an A, like he's a leader now. And that like it I, I always look back to Wayne Simmons back in the day when everyone wanted him to be captain so bad. And I'm like, dude, he doesn't need to be. He is a leader. People yep. respect his voice. When he speaks up on the bench, they all listen. You don't need a fucking C for that. Sometimes you're just that guy. What what did you say to me the other day? Like, people wanted Drew to go in the locker room and 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 give <laughs> Dale Weiss a one two combo. Yeah, I, I love you. Gotta love those those people on like Facebook and shit who are, who call Drew a bad leader as if like he could just go in the locker room and just like like yeah, like I said, jaw Dale Weiss, give him like a two piece <laughs> combo and suddenly turn him into like a hat trick a night scorer <laughs> and then just like that we're winning playoff games against uh, the President's <laughs> Trophy winning Washington Capitals. Yeah, fucking right, bro. Give me a break. Like, people act like Giroux has had, like, one to two seed teams in his blown playoff series. It's such a joke. It's usually him dragging a corpse of a team into the eighth seed just to just to get put away mercilessly by a, by the President's Trophy winning or the back-to-back Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins. Give me a rest. Like, like Giroux can go miracle on ice hero mode, score, like, 30 points like this is NHL be a pro and beat that team. Give me a fucking rest. Brandon Manning's playing regular minutes for yeah. multiple years in Giroux's prime. Give me a break. Uh, it's all that's a joke, dude. I mean, I I said it in my article today. Connor McDavid has not exited the second round in his seven-year career. And before anybody goes crazy, you know, oh, he's comparing Giroux to to Connor McDavid. I'm simply comparing the two organization's inability to put a team around both players. That's it. That's that comes. That's just the bottom line. You got Austin Matthews who hasn't won a fucking playoff series and has been on the cover of NHL twice. Been on the cover of NHL twice already. These guys aren't bad players. They just need actual teams around them. I I don't know what the Oilers are doing. The Oilers need defense and a goalie, and they're still going out and signing Zach Hyman to a record-breaking contract. They're bringing Evander Kane in. Like, they need any more. You don't need any more off. you got Connor McDavid and Leon Drossadl. Two generational. T- Leon Drossadl would be the face of the NHL right next to Connor McDavid if he wasn't on the Oilers. I mean, we have been saying that since the start. You have two generational offensive fucking talents. You don't need any more. Go out and get defense. Go out and get a goalie. Martin Jones is available. I'm not going to say he's going to solve all your problems, but like it's a start. Act like you know what you're fucking doing. Act like you know what holes you need to fill. It's crazy to me. It's it's insane to me. And, and there is plenty of scenarios where, I mean, how many times have you seen great contending NHL teams that just can't get it done? It's so fucking hard to win in this league. It's it's really harder than other leagues, and I hate to be like that that hockey fan that is just like, oh, hockey's harder than every other sport, but it really is. Teams are so tight-knit. The playoffs are so... The way teams play, they shell up. They're close games. The penalties aren't being called. It's physical. Guys are playing hurt. 
anything can fucking happen. Like, it's so hard to win in this league. And, like, I just think it's a joke to just look at Giroux's career and be like, oh, he just didn't get it done. He There's just... so many guys who didn't get it done. And still haven't gotten it done. I mean, I just I, I just named two of the best goal scorers and players in the NHL who have not gotten past. I mean, one of them hasn't won a playoff round. The other hasn't gotten past the second round. And I think the last time he was in the second round, what year was it when we went to, to Torres' house and watched the Ducks versus the Oilers? Remember that? 2018. Yeah, that was the last 2017. time. 2017. Yeah, they, they've missed the playoffs three years in a row, the Oilers. I'm pretty sure. They have not. No, no, no. Didn't no. they get bounced by Winnipeg last year? That, wasn't that the play-in round? Or was that the year before? No, no, no. That was the year before. Yeah, they got yeah, swept the by. Yeah, before they got beat by Blackhawks. Yeah, they got beat by the Blackhawks in the playoff round. And then they got swept by Winnipeg last year, 4-0. So, I mean, are you going to look at McDavid and be like, he can't get it done? <laughs> no, like, McDavid needs a fucking team. Like, he, he needs a goalie. He needs he needs a proper bottom six. I mean, I talked about it in my article. The last time the Flyers had a, had a decent bottom six, Drew was on there. Drew, 22-year-old Drew was playing with Aaron Asham in the bottom six. I, I mean, I remember that very vividly. That was a very fun fourth line. Every time I mean, Giroux made Aaron Asham look good, I'll never forget the one goal uh, Asham had. I think it was against Montreal when he went forehand, backhand, and then back up top, like in tight. It was one of the dirtiest goals I've seen. I forget who it was against. I want to say Montreal, but I think I'm mistaken. I forget. Somebody somebody at me on Twitter and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it was Aaron Asham right in the right in front of the goalie, right in the slot. I mean, he went forehand, backhand. It was a beautiful fucking move. I just That was the last time the Flyers have had a competent bottom six. When was the the, the last time, Danny? Remember, remember the, the, the B-line or whatever the fuck people called uh, Taylor Leal? Uh, Taylor Leal? Lear? Oh, stop. Remember the Vietnam that? flashbacks, please. What, who, who was a part of that line? It was Taylor Lear Belmore? And Dude, I, I somebody really else? I, I don't know, and I really don't even want to. Yeah. I mean, um, just my point is, like, the Flyers have not had a, a, a bottom six that you can count on. I mean, and that's what you need in the playoffs. You don't. You, obviously, you need the firepower up top, but you need to be able to roll four lines and in the And you need goalies, and you need defense, and you need a little bit of luck, too. You need to get a little healthy at the right time, mm-hmm. get hot at the right time. There's so many things that go into winning. A Stanley Cup. And and I said this to you yesterday regarding Giroux. Players should not be defined by their franchise's decisions. Yeah. And I still think that's completely true. It is not Giroux's fault that his franchise decided to go into a half-ass rebuild during the entirety of his prime. That's not on him. He's not a fucking executive. He gets paid to show up and play hockey. And during those years, he carried the team. Like, like I said on the last podcast, while the media, everyone's berating him, calling him a bad leader, and he still has to lead these corps of teams to to an eighth seed. It's a joke. I mean, I'm still, I kind of, like, when I was writing my article yesterday about the whole Claude Giroux situation, I went, obviously I went back deep. I'm talking like 09, 010 to see his stats and shit. He had 102 points. In 1718, and he lost the MVP to, to to Taylor Hall, who had less points than him, and the other two, Anze Kopitar and Nathan McKinnon, both had less points. How the fuck did that happen? How how wasn't I screaming? I was I was old enough to to I was 17, 18 years oh, old. Oh, I was mad then. about that. I was fucking. Mad I don't about remember that, that I too am. much. I I really don't. To be honest with you, bro, I don't remember reacting to that. I mean, I don't have a memory of it. I really don't. I mean, I know I was on my phone, like, re- refreshing Twitter to see who won and then reacting to it. But, like, I don't have, like, a fond memory of my initial reaction to it. And it's and I'm mad that I don't because I'm mad now of the situation. Like, how the fuck did that? Like, how does Taylor Hall come away with it? That's insane to me. He got completely snubbed. Completely snubbed. Uh, I totally agree. 102 points. Go watch, dude. His highlights from that season. I tweeted it out on um. I don't know if it was my account or Toy. It's we got like ten, t- on tap for tonight with Jeru's 2017-18 highlights. Yeah. It's so good, ridiculously good. It's like a 10-minute highlight pack, and 
I honestly just I forgot just how much of a master class that season was. Like he was disgusting. How good he was, man. 34 goals, 68 assists, 102 points. I mean, like you said, they they went into a half-ass rebuild and in the middle of his prime and now we're seeing the end of it, sadly. I mean, we'll see how this goes. Yep, LA, they had they had a late I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. You're good, they, good. they had a late couple-year window to write the ship and they fumbled it. They fucking fumbled it, and that's why my stance on this organization is just absolute disgust. They 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 are completely irrelevant. The Flyers, as a whole, as a franchise, it, it's not what it used to be. Like when team, like you said on the last podcast, when teams used to come to Philadelphia, it was different. You you had to wake up. You knew that building was going to be electric. You knew the players were going to be on your ass, win or lose. Yeah, you might win that game, but like it's going to be a hard game, and you're going to have to look alive. And be alert. It's not that anymore. No, it's not. It's it's just it's a sad, irrelevant organization that's that's ran by another organization that doesn't give a, a fuck about them as far as I'm concerned. And I mean, I'm still laughing about Dave Scott's letter. Like, we're not going to raise the prices of season tickets. Like, thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. I'm watching Gary Mayhew as my best player. Nothing against Gary. He's been fun to watch. But that's your best player right now. I'm watching. I'm still watching fucking Nick Sealer, dude. I'm so fucking disgusted. I'm watching Carter Hart still play his ass off. And the team just is just so bad. Yeah. They're so bad. Like, the performances Carter Hart is putting up this year, I sit there and I think, and Drew too, maybe even Atkinson too. I look at these guys and I'm like, man, if they had a real team around them this year, they, they might be doing some some damage. It's funny you say that because during the game last night, Power Play 1 was cycling, quote-unquote cycling, as, as much as you want to say them cycling. Um, but, like, they, they were passing the puck back and forth, and it was Provorov, Atkinson, and Giroux as, like, the top tree. And... I'm like, damn! Like this could be a nice fucking unit for a playoff round. Like, like I, I would be excited to go going into a playoff round knowing my 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 power play one had Drew on one wall, Atkinson on the other, and then Pro Robber York on the point. I mean that that's fun, but um, we're not gonna get that. We're not going to get that, and this might be the last year that we see. Atkinson with Drew. We don't like it's it's not a shoe in that Drew turns around and signs back if he gets traded and. Before we get into anything else, I just want to add, Elliot Freeman said something on his on his pod. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, but he was talking about how when he left CNBC or uh, hockey hockey night in Canada or something like that, they threw like a big going away party for him. I'll I'll send you the tweet. They, they threw a big going away party for him, and it was emotional, like the the, the old pictures and all everything. And he kind of compared it to the whole Giroux situation because like Giroux in the eight, the All Star game, like Giroux's family, and he takes great pride in being a Philadelphia Flyer, and. Elliot talked about how like, he went into like the cab with like the poster board, and he was just filled with emotion. And like I'm getting emotional talking about it. Like I wouldn't be totally surprised if Jeruk turns around and goes, "I I love being a flyer as much as this season sucks. I'm here to stay." Like, I that that's not above like I, that's not above Jeruk. I can definitely see him turning around and yeah. being like, "I'm not leaving, guy." Like Leonardo, like, I'm not fucking leaving. Anything. I'm not gonna... <laughs> I can see him just being like, "Yo, give me four million. Go get Johnny Hockey. Sit the fuck down. Go get on the phone right now." Oh, dude, that would fire me the fuck up, dude. That if Drew turned around, it was like, "I'm not going anywhere. Get JVR the fuck out of here. Go get me Johnny Gaudreau, and let's fucking go." That's. I mean, that's that would pump me up. But like, so sadly, I don't dream think that's gonna scenario. Happen. Bro. That's I'm not gonna just happen. thinking about. I know. But... I know. No, yeah. And instead, I'm, I'm like, I'm reading Adrian Data reports that I'm being told are Who is false. that? Who is that, bro? He's like the the Colorado car cheaty. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that, that's so a proper comparable. Yeah, so I don't like him is what you're saying. <laughs> he, he has a history of being a little... So you're saying Jamie Martinez hates this guy. <laughs> Here, here's my thing. How does he... What? Say that, and then I we get nothing from the Flyers organization. I'm not even saying from Giroux or Chuck, but we get no leaks directly from the Flyers. I, I mean, but we I get it from him. It's I I think it was him throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, I, th- I think that's ultimately what it yeah. was. And I, that's I, why we're not shedding too much light on it. That's why yeah. we're not talking about Minnesota and St. Louis because we don't. If that report, if they're like, if Elliot Friedman comes out and puts yeah, more smoke on that, then we'll talk about it. Definitely. I mean, I mean, I tweeted about it after he tweeted it out. But I mean, I didn't write an article or anything. We didn't talk about it in depth on the pod because, like you said, I'm not talking about that until like Cervalli, Friedman, any of these guys say say something about Drew actually wanting to go 
somewhere. I mean, like, and of course, Drew is going to say the professional thing at his press conference, like, hey, I'm focused on this team now, winning games now. I mean, that's the professional thing. So, ultimately, do I think he's going to want to go get traded? Yeah, I do. I mean, that's just what I, that, that's just how I feel. Do I want it to happen? Obviously not. But, I mean, dream scenario, like you said, is him turning around and being like, give me four mil. Give me five mil, and let's let's try to turn this thing around. I'm only 34. I got, I I I can confidently say Giroud could play till he's 40. I think he's got. I mean, he doesn't rely on speed anymore. He's just a extremely extremely good hockey player. I mean, I I think he could be another Joe Pavelski type player. I really especially do. especially if Couturier can hold up throughout the years. If Couturier can hold up, and you can just stick Claude right next to him. Those those guys like with their chemistry, they don't need speed. They they will just out IQ yeah. and Katoria is going to out muscle you. The whole Katoria situation is like really odd cuz like did it happen while he was playing? Like did it happen in training camp? Did it happen while while he was walking like out with his dog or something? Like it's just obviously we're not going to get any like specific answers but it's definitely worrisome. Like, I don't blame the people who look at Katoria and are like he's 30, he's going to be making 7.7. 7. No, 7 yeah, 7.7. 7. He he has some injury history, so I mean I I don't blame the people. Some people, for, I, yeah, seven point seven. I don't blame yeah, people for being it's a worried. Fair concern. Yeah, I think it's fair. I'm concerned about it for yeah. sure. But he's still my next captain. That just that's just what I'm I'm saying. Not saying yep. that Lawton still can't be a, a a leader with an A. Love what he's done. He's t- definitely taken advantage of the opportunity that he was given. But I don't I don't think that he should be captain I think it should be Couturier like you said I mean you listed a pretty good list of why Sean Couturier should get the captaincy so it's, it's a shitty season Danny but we're here baby we're back to weekly pods on this yeah, shitty yeah. team especially with the trade dude the trade deadline March 21st who did that yeah Come on, I know man. I was about to say that Come too on, dude like usually sometimes it's late February sometimes it's early March but I look I looked that up like about a week ago and I was pissed I was like, man, we got. It's gonna be a month now because uh, you know Drew's probably gonna want to get his thousand games as a flyer before yeah. he gets traded. And I saw some people that were like, "Up, oh, sorry, it's a business. We don't, we can't have him getting hurt before the deadline. Ship him now." And I'm like, dude, do you guys realize, uh, like, it, it's it, his call. <laughs> like, if he if he doesn't want to go, it, it, yeah, sorry, he, he <laughs> he's he's ultimately deserved the the opportunity to to dictate what happens to him. He absolutely like imagine how disrespectful it would be to like sit Giroux like he's James Harden on the Nets before you trade. You know what I mean? Like as if he's a disgruntled player that you need to trade. It ain't like that. Not happening at all. Giroux is one of the most professional hockey players I have ever seen. Honestly, I mean, for him not to just snap, especially with the season, it's just so depressing what they've done, how they've wasted that dude's career. I don't care what anybody says. I really don't. It sucks. That's just where the anger comes in now, man. Yeah. They're so irrelevant. I feel like, and I've used this comparison before, I feel like they're like the New York Knicks of the NHL. (laughs) They're like a legendary franchise that everyone, when they're good, the league's better. Like when the New York Knicks are good, the NBA is better. When the Philadelphia Flyers are good, the NHL is better. Big market team. But but just from their own self-doing and the way their ownership is, they're irrelevant. Yeah, they're completely irrelevant. I mean, they have the third worst power play in the league right now at 14. They're converting at a 14.7% rate. That's the third worst in the NHL right behind Montreal and Arizona. How was Arizona that bad? I mean, they got some good players up there. I mean, I thought I thought Despair was like, was solving all their problems over there. Was yeah, he can only do so much. Mr. Quarterback. Yeah, Mr. Power Play quarterback over there. It's a joke, dude. It sucks. It really does. But we'll be back for more next week. Absolutely. This was episode 75. Yes, sir. Follow us on socials at the Liberty L, at T-L-Y Danny, at Chris Stumps. Go floor.